Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome uh, back to uh, Ausbiz. You're watching the call live from our Barangaroo studios. Uh, next hour or so, 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel on this Monday, the 26th of September. And our panel today, Nathan Somersandaran from Deep Data Analytics, Josh Barker from Macro. Afternoon to you both. Good to be here. Thank you. Nathan with a big smile on his face because he's loving this crunch in the markets at the moment. Uh, The, what, down 2.4% on the Australian market yesterday, 2022 low from uh, from Wall Street over the weekend at HIT. Uh, I was reading a thing the other day that this was the third leg down of this bear market. Usually third legs go much deeper than the previous two. Um, Nathan, how low can it go? Oh, you've got to love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> uh, oh, look, you, you, you looked at the... I, I could not believe in November when the Fed said, we're going to raise rates and cut QE, and the market still went up. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, uh, oh, what reality am I on? Yeah. Uh, but it, it did that. Now we're seeing the side effect of that. Prolonged stimulus has created ridiculous amount of inflation. And the Fed is now trying to get back in control. Yep. So, look, I think they'll be raising rates for a while. Um, history tells you they get it wrong, and we, we've spoken about that. They yep. always get it yeah, wrong, yep. and they're getting it wrong again. Um, they, they are driving a recession. There's no doubts for me. Right. That is the only way out, because the cost of living is too high. Yeah. If, they, if you want to bring wages up to that level to sustain the cost of living, but then cost of, inflation cost of living is driven by outside factors at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's energy prices, yeah, things like that. It's not over-enthusiasm. Yeah, but you, you've already got a supply-side issue, uh, and wages are going to go up because of yeah. tight labour market everywhere. It's not nothing to do with Australia. It's, it's a global yeah, problem, yeah, right? Yeah. So you, you're not going to raise wages to that level because then you get sticky inflation for a long yeah, time. Yeah. So you need to bring prices down. And history tells you, you're never going to bring prices down to that level without a recession. So right. they are going at a recession. They don't want to say it, but that's what they're say, doing at the moment. Yeah. Europe and UK are basically collateral mm. damage. And they will fall first. Yep. And we've seen it with emerging markets. We're now seeing it in Europe and UK. They're the contagion effect. They're still a substantial part of the global consumers. And that'll flow to everyone else. So, yeah, we are in a global recession play. Uh, and you have to manage risk. Okay. So, so, so sell everything? Uh, look, I think it's always tricky how you do this, right? You never do full-blown one way. Yeah. So we've been increasing cash over the period. So we were 25% cash last year. We went to 50% around April. And that's what we told our clients, and we're still holding that. Yeah. And yes, we have defensives. We have value stocks in there. So we manage the risk through multiple angles. So we're happy to sit through because the damage is less for yep. us. So we looked at our models. All our models over the last three years are in profit 
where the market is in negative. Right. So that tells me we're in the right path. Yep. So do I see downside risk? Hell yeah. Right. But that's okay. We'll ride it through because our strategies are working. Yep. And then on the other side, then we go for the beta and take advantage of the rebound. Right. The people who are taking the risk now run the risk of losing your capital and then you're not willing to take the risk when things are better. Yep. So it's one of those, you have to balance the risk in a cycle. Mm. Josh, are you as pessimistic? Yeah, we're doing a similar thing, <clears throat> but perhaps in a different way. So I guess the way that we look at um, outperforming the market in these sort of tough, turbulent times is just by being a little bit more dynamic. Um, like you said, you've got to have that cash and you've got to have those hedging positions in place in order to be dynamic. Yep. Because in every market, even in a, in a bull market, there will be you know snapback rallies. Um, it's very difficult to say how long a downtrend goes for, um, which is where we are on the side of, you know, it's just a, a monitor situation. So right now, it's clear to see that we're in a downtrend. The US market has been in a downtrend <coughs> since the 1st of January. So yeah. nine months, um, you know, typically we don't see asset classes fall for a, a serious length of time, probably GFC in, you know, yeah. excluded. Um, but we're not in that sort of environment right now. And fortunately, we are predominantly ASX share advisors. So uh, yeah. we're definitely leaning into <clears throat> the ASX plays, materials plays, energy plays. Um, yeah, and not nothing that I guess makes the US market so vulnerable with the high PEs, uh, mm. high tech. We're not in any tech. We haven't been in tech for over a year to be fair. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess just being dynamic and just playing it by ear. Right now we're getting back to those uh, July, June lows. Um, so, you know, whether the market holds up there, you have to wait and see. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we're well positioned either way for this. Okay. Market. All right. So uh, this half hour, we're going to talk about Centre Group, ANZ, Evolution Mining, Kogan and Strandline Resources. Um, I thought I'd, rather than stock of the day, I'd pick a sector of the day, uh, oil, uh, talk about energy, uh, talk about inflation. Oil prices tumbled to its lowest level since January. US benchmark oil price now below 80 US dollars a barrel for the first time since the start of the year. Is it just temporary, especially as Europe heads into winter? Demand across the continent increases. Uh, let's take a look at how some of the companies uh, in that sector are performing at the moment. All down uh, heavily. Nathan, um, what do you think of the oil price? And what do you do with your energy stocks that have been great performers? Yeah, look, I mean, one of the most crowded trades mm. is commodities. Everyone's in commodities globally. Yep. Um, and energy has been the most crowded off the crowded. Yep. Um, I do understand the logic because at the end of the day, you can, you know, there's certain expenditures are discretionary and there are some that you just don't have a choice on. Yeah. Food, energy, housing, you don't have a choice. Yep. You're going to spend. And that's where sticky inflation comes from. And this flows into everything from manufacturing. And so it flows into every bit of inflation. Yep. Now, I think <coughs> the oil price, look, it's a cartel. Let's, mm. let's go to straight to the <coughs> point. It's a cartel, bunch of people, they need the oil price to be around 90 to 100 bucks for most of their budgets to work. Yep. Uh, and there's some dodgy budgets, so they need that. <laughs> um, and so all they'll do is they will squeeze the supply. Right. It doesn't matter. And the beauty of it is the fact that we've got recovering economy around the world in an opening up thematic, the demand is rising. Mm. And as you said, you've got Northern <clears throat> Hemisphere moving into winter, yep. it's going to require a lot of energy. So whether it's coal, whether it's, I mean, even uranium is getting a lot of 
interest because more and more people are looking at stable supply. Yep. So all energy, um, I suppose, commodities are in play. Um, we have actually moved back. We were out of all commodities because it was a crowded trade. They've all started to fall. We moved back into a few energy stocks. Uh, Karoon was our player. Yep. Um, I still like Karoon uh, right. on the pullback. I, I still think it looks good. So I like the energy sector, but look, everyone gets hit in a bus crash and we're in a bus crash. Right. So energy stocks will be cheaper, but it is a sector of interest. I will be adding to the energy sector over time. Right. So you'd be taking advantage of the... Uh, of the weakness now. Yeah, I mean, bring okay. on the panic. Uh, yep. That's opportunity. Okay. Yeah, Josh? similar view, but different me methodology. So it's obvious that, that it's in a, a downtrend at the moment. Um, we were fortunate enough, it's actually been our best performing on, on review of things over the last week or so. Uh, actual, our oil trade uh, on the back of the Ukraine with the triple O ETF. Yep. Uh, that also paid out some dividends. So we were very quite active with that position, but then we just largely made the macro switch to go into the companies, being Woodside uh, in particular. And I think I'm happy to stick with that overall thematic. I wouldn't be trading the actual price of oil, but I think with companies like Woodside trading at a P of about five at the moment, potentially with a yield of around 10%, if it can hold up these, these level dividends, uh, which obviously if the oil price goes back up and, and yeah. maintains is a big caveat there. Um, I'd be happy to uh, yeah, start accumulating Woodside. We were on the sell side as it hit a two-year two high, roughly on the back of its report and a lot of it being priced in. So with that capital, happy to start to reallocate. Um, I would be more so, and, and the similar thing with the market, I'd wait for the bounce uh, rather than trying to catch the falling knife because the trend is definitely to the downside with, with oil at the moment. So once you see it start to bottom out, it could even be a political hedge trade for you at the moment with it being sort of Putin's trump card. Um, yeah. So I think that's your best political, political hedge rather than something like gold. Um, so I think I can definitely see the argument for it. it just again comes down to that timing. To it could get a bit cheaper. Yep. So, so you're saying no at the moment? Accumulate on weakness. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. And well, it's pretty weak today. It could be weaker. It's all relative, okay. very sentiment-driven. Right. Okay. Let's get into uh, our first five stocks. And uh, Truman wants a view on uh, Centre Group, the uh, the big shopping centre group. Uh, basically took over the Australian Westfields. Uh, that's what it was called. Um, going into recession, Nathan, does <laughs> Centre Group float your boat? Well, it, it's funny how this plays mm. out. Um, they are very defensive in a yeah. weird nature in, in a retail sector thematic. Uh, but at the end of the day, they are property trusts. Um, people, you got to remember how this played out. So if you look at GFC, the only sector that did not recover past the pre-GFC index level is actually property trusts. Right. So because they issue a lot of shares, they dilute themselves, it becomes a much harder play. Um, and so it is one thing to worry about because it's got massive amount of leverage. So as cost of debt goes up, the, obviously, or most property trusts will get into a weaker cycle. They've had he, all of the property trusts have benefited from uh, revaluation on the cycle with rates being so low. Now yep. it works the other way. Center Group is a really good business. Um, uh, look, if you go through most of the uh, shopping centers, you'll find there's still a decent crowd coming through. Um, they, they should do okay, but it, they were priced for that. I don't see a huge upside for you. Right. Now it comes down to what you're buying it for. If you're buying it for the yield thematic, and you're willing to take a bit of a hit on the capital because you're not going to sell, you're going to hold it through for a number of years. Center Group back, backs up pretty well. Right. I'd be accumulating gradually. Uh, but 
if you're looking for a total return basis, um, yeah, this is a sector to avoid. Okay. So it, it depends on your perspective of how you're trying to invest. Mm. Uh, most people will tell you that they are long-term investors, <laughs> but the share price drops 10, 20%, suddenly they're not. So right. if you're that kind of person and you know, if you've got the uh, ADHD problem, this is not a stock right. in yeah, the current yeah. cycle. But yes, for a long term. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh? Yeah, I agree. On a long-term basis, happy to start accumulating this one. Um, it promises uh, or delivers exactly as it promises, really. Um, it's the market leader in terms of shopping centres. So if you want that shopping centre rate exposure, it's got seven out of the top 10 uh, shopping centres in Australia and I think four out of the top 10 in New Zealand as well. Um, so it's definitely a market leader. Um, you know, it's at $2.50, it's basically a two-year low, yielding almost about 6% mm. at that level, which is all cash. You don't have to worry about the franking credits. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's a you know very conservative play. You're probably going to get exactly what you're after out of it. You know, not take too much pain because I don't think it's going to go down back to pre-COVID levels uh, or COVID low levels, I should say. Yeah. Um, so you're getting at a two-year low. I think it's it's one that you'd be happy to accumulate as an investment. Um, looking forward, it's it's shopping centres have held up quite quite well in terms of foot traffic, so that that should be good for them and their um, occupancy rates about 99% at the moment. So that should continue to improve. And uh, yeah, the Ford PE is meant to gain traction against its peers. So okay. it's meant to play a little bit of cap. So if you're saying that about Centre Grove, hmm. would you say the same thing? about retailers? Very different sector. Um, I, I don't think so, no. These guys are getting the more consistent revenues. Right. Whereas I guess if we're talking more about recession, obviously the, the spending habits okay. are gonna go down and they're a whole nother So that, that's it. interesting though, that you'd avoid retailers and go for the shopping center owners instead. Yeah, there's a trick to that because people can blow themselves up. Small businesses blow themselves up. They leave, yeah. the next guy comes in. So yeah. the shopping centre, it still works relatively well as long right. as the anchor guys play. Yeah, okay. And the anchor yeah. guys are solid. <clears throat> so they hold. Yeah. But the other side of that argument is retailers, you know, already been bashed 30, 40%. Yep. So they've taken the hit. Massive. Where property trust haven't. Except Lavisa. And the banks. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but, but there are, I, I think in the retail sector, <clears throat> there are, you know, uh, I guess the term is the, the good and the bad. Yeah. And the good are still good. And yep. they can deliver growth even in this macro environment. And those are being loved. And I, I completely understand that. Mm. But there are a few. The majority will just come back with right. the tide. Okay. Uh, I, I can't, cannot believe LaVisa's share price run after it was announced that it was going to be included in the ASX 200. It's yeah. just gone through the roof. Yeah. There's, it's doubled. Get, yeah. People get too excited about how quickly fund managers have, fund managers just don't wake up and go, oh, the market's gonna jam this up. Yeah. I'll go and buy it at the peak. They got time period, they can wait and wait for the people to get too excited and then it comes back. So yeah. I don't see fund managers chasing it and buying it at the peak. Right. Most of them who wanna hold LaVisa already have it yeah. because it's an index play. So yeah. it's, I think people get too excited, but okay. in saying that it's a bloody good business <laughs> yep. and is really well managed yep. and the global play still holds up. I've got one of the experts on the call, I won't mention who, who refuses to get into La Visa uh, <laughs> because his daughter worked for them. Right. And he goes, the way they... <laughs> I, I actually, I'm on the other side. 
because I was skeptical because yeah. I used to stand outside Lovisa while my daughter and my wife goes in and does yep. the shopping. <laughs> and, and so the amount of time the boy and I stand outside, I thought, this can't be doing that well. I mean, they like 10 bucks for two things. <laughs> and then you realize how efficiently they change yep. over and gets them keep coming oh, yeah. back. Mm. It's a it's okay. a very good model. Work their stuff really hard. Uh, all right. As uh, the business as you want, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you don't want to work for them. But anyhow, no, um, uh, Shane wants a view, Josh, on the ANZ, on the big four banks. Yeah, look, similar story to the REITs. You're kind mm. of, you know, tr- doing this trade-off with the, the other similar companies yeah. in, in that sector because, you know, you're not really playing any huge... Uh, change in the business but I think if you're you know these these banks tend to move around a fair bit you know in comparison to each other I think at the moment ANZ in comparison to the other big four is relatively cheap Uh, it's trading on a Ford P of about 10 and a half whereas you know NAB and Westpac around 15 CBA's at 17 so I think for my mind in terms of ANZ it would be a hold just to wait for that um, PE to, to come back in line with the other yeah. two. But yeah. that being said, uh, my preference now and pretty much always is, is with Macquarie Bank. If you're not in the stock and you're thinking about getting in, if you don't have Macquarie, you should be in it. So okay. it's going to be a much better shareholder return for you over the long term. And both have, both have been coming off with the market, so your relative evaluations are there. Okay. Nathan, you've always hated the big four anyhow, so it's going to be a short answer. Oh, it's a massive sell. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the it, it's like trying to buy the worst house in a crappy street. Uh, why? Um, and, and retail investors won't sell because yeah. most of them got in really early. They got tax implications, so they'll hold it. Yeah. And the reality is they'll tell you that, you know, I've been paid all these dividends and the dividends are related to your earnings and earnings fall in a recession cycle and dividends will fall with it and the yeah. so will the bank share price. Banks have reached their peak multiple. Uh, I've been saying for months, CBA is the biggest sell in the market, yeah. uh, but no one will sell. Mm. Uh, but it is still a sell. ANZ's got, I think that multiples for the banks are too expensive. I agree Macquarie is the better one. It's a list of private equity. Yep. They do things years ahead of the rest. Yep. So that's fine, And I, but most people don't think of Macquarie as a bank. Uh, but look, the banks have one trick in, the, you know, one trick pony, mortgages. And yep. in Australia, 90% of the mortgages are variable rates. Yep. So their consumers are mm-hmm. copying it. Yep. So demand will fade, property prices will continue to fade. And this is going to play out. The banks get 30 to 40% of their funding in global markets. Even if RBA does nothing, their cost of funds go up. More. So okay. banks are not a place to be. All right. share, share price is very similar to the REITs where they've been getting hurt by the interest rate surprises. So, you know, the last couple of weeks, the REITs are down like 12% almost and, and the banks are in the same boat. They're getting hurt by the surprising you know, front loading of the interest rates. Yep. All right. Um, what about gold? Um, evolution mining. If you want um, uh, a view on evolution, Nathan, they saying they've lowered their production forecast. Uh, you would have thought that gold would have been more of a safe haven than it's been over the past year or so. Um, evolution and gold stocks themselves? Yeah, gold stocks have been smashed on yep. the US dollar and the bond yields. Uh, both of them are going through the roof. Um, so the cycle, I mean, we've been positive on gold and that's hurt us and we're fine because we knew what the cycle would do. Yep. Initially, you do get hit. You go into a recession cycle, you get hit. Central banks get it wrong, you get hit. But at, at that point, the market will realize there is no way out. Right. You're either going to just let the economy get smashed, which means most of the other sectors are going to get absolutely pummeled, 
or the central banks accept the fact that, well, we stuff this up, we're going to let inflation run, and we're going to hold rates. Right. And at that point, gold goes bonkers. Right. And, and that's the cycle. Guess okay. what? They got it wrong. Right now, they're talking tough. Why is the Fed talking tough? Because they need to. They need to hold the US okay. dollar higher. If the US dollar comes off, inflation for them goes even higher. Yep. So at this point, they're able to sell the concept that we can hold it. But recession is coming. Once that comes, they have no choice. Okay. Evolution, five-year low. Klein is one of the best CEOs you're going to find in that sector. Uh, top three, um, Northern Star, Saracen, Evolution. Saracen merged with Northern Star, yeah, yeah. so there's only two. Yeah. Evolution is the next one. Klein, when you know you back the guy, and I'm happy with it. It's valuation. Right now, you've got so much volatility in the currency and the um, and the commodity market. Gold is going to keep getting hit. I'd be accumulating gold stocks here, mm. and you'd be smiling in a, in about 12 to 18 months. Okay. All right, Josh? Yeah, I think the trend's definitely against you. Obviously, on the back of the US dollar, it was up like 2% last trading session to another high, uh, the US dollar that is. So um, it's hard to bet against that. Obviously, the, the theory with currencies is they always mean revert. So I think eventually it'll come down. But uh, yeah, definitely the trend is with the US dollar and that will hurt these gold miners. You know, I've, I've said it on here a couple of times, there's no real major reason to hold these gold miners at the moment, yep. particularly the mature ones. Um, and I think that's definitely the case. I think if you're looking for something at the moment, it hasn't played out at a, as a defensive play or a political hedge. So given the market's cheap, if, you, if you're on the side where you're wanting to get long anything, you're probably better off going something that's a little bit high beta at the right time. Um, you know, the defensive play has worked. I just don't think there's any reason to, to be okay. involved. So in no for gold at the no. moment. The, a, I'll just put that in. Aussie dollar gold price? above 2,500. Right. So yes, the costs have gone up for the miners. Yep. They're still making good money. There's yep. no other sector can say that. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. I'm happy to write it through. So a high US dollar is actually good for the Aussie gold miners. Uh, we've only gone into Aussie gold yep. miners because yeah, yeah. The, somehow <clears throat> most of the other guys tend to lose their minds yep. in tough macro conditions. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Uh, Josh, um, next stock that uh, Ray wants, this one. Yeah. Uh, Kogan, the online retailer. Yeah, we were talking about the retailers just, just earlier. Yeah. So I, th I think with Kogan, I, I definitely put it in the lockdown stock basket. Um, just listening to the market in this one, it had an update in July where it was up 40%. Um, and unfortunately, that entire gain has been erased in the last month or two, yeah. which is a very uh, negative sign. That large movement on fundamental news, you'd really hope that that holds up. So the theory goes. And uh, you know what's likely to happen now is it's gonna break lower, probably retest those lows. Um, and you know whether it stops there, similar thing to the market right now. You don't know how long this downtrend is going to go for. So I think there's no point being right about Kogan if the market doesn't agree with you. Yep. So I think, uh, yeah, it's just definitely an avoid at the moment. Nathan, it would be an avoid for you. Oh, it's a shocking stock in yep. a shocking sector. Um, I mean, Every time it comes up, my, my, I mean, that's right. You got, Nathan's you got a, very consistent on Kogan. Well, the reality is management was pumping the stock and yeah. selling it yeah. as it ran up. I know. And it's basically gone. You don't like it on a governance issue. Yeah. And then basically. you look at the yeah. shortest. They had 12.5% early this year. Now yeah. it's 8% or 7 to 8% short. Yeah. They know, even though the stock price has absolutely been pummeled, that there is no real competitive advantage. Yeah. So in a weak retail outlook, 
Yeah, no, I, I don't see not why. Not for you. Okay. Uh, and Michelle wants a view on Strandline Resources. Uh, should I, uh, about to start production, should I invest? Of course, uh, mate, that's a big mineral exploration, mineral sands group, um, projects in Australia and Tanzania, but it's uh, Coburn Mineral Sands Project is just starting to get up and going, is it, in WA? Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. Um, they've got a decent amount of cash. Yep. Uh, interestingly... And they're about to start producing. Yeah, and interestingly, the management uh, just converted his options and then threw a million, dollar, a million shares on the market. Oh. Um, yes, always <laughs> tells me something. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I think the, the whole mineral sands, you look, the, the biggest and the best is Iluka. Yep. And that's coming back. Yep. So everyone's going to struggle in this commodity cycle in a recession play. Um, it's not the, the key commodity that I'd be chasing right now. Um, you have to be pretty careful. I mean, look, copper is in a bear market. <laughs> if copper is in a bear market, forget the rest. You yeah. know? So in that context, I'm, I'm not jumping in. Um, this is, you know, you're going into, a, um, a, I suppose, the start of the production. In a bull market, commodity bull market, that's probably where you want to be. But the problem is now everyone knows that. Mm. That gets priced in straight away. So yeah. this has had a really good run. You, if you've already been there, you've done well. Uh, I wouldn't put fresh money in it um, at the moment. If you like the uh, thematic, I think keep an eye on Iluka. When yeah. you know the commodities are going to come off in the recession play, at some point that'll bottom. Keep an eye on Iluka. If that bottoms, then start looking at this okay. stuff. At the moment, it's too risky. Josh. Yeah, I think it's a little bit too late for an investment point of view. Um, these types of companies typically do the best when they're transitioning into production. It's on, a, it's on the doorstep. So I, I think they've done really well. They're, they're on budget and on time, mm. which is uh, rare for, for a lot of these companies, to be honest. And uh, you know their spot prices are well above their, their 2020 feasibility study that they did. I just think um, you know it is one of those commodities that's linked with economic growth. I think it's experienced a lot of growth already. So it could be good for a trade. I think if you're in it, you're holding for a little bit longer just because this is a really good time for these types of businesses as they go into production. I think just from an investment point of view, you're a little bit too late or too early on a producer. Right. So it's had its run. It's right now it's in, in, in a sort of uh, mixed point. And I just think, uh, you know, you're probably getting close to somewhere at the top of this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's recap the final five, uh, the first five stocks rather. And uh, uh, also our sector of the day was oil. Both um, Nathan and Josh think it's a good time to start accumulating there on the weakness in the oil price now ahead of the northern winter. Um, uh, Josh will be accumulating Woodside, Nathan um, on Karoon. Uh, Centre Group, uh, no, if you're a short-term investor, if you're a long-term investor with a, a five-year time horizon, um, it is a quality stock and they would be against accumulating at these levels. Uh, ANZ, a hold from Josh, a sell from Mathan, uh, both prefer Macquarie in the banking sector. Evolution, a no from Josh, start accumulating gold stocks. Northern Star, Evolution, the two best ones, according to, to Matham, because gold price will turn around. Uh, Kogan a no, and Strandline a no as well. Uh, the call has been tracking its own high conviction uh, fantasy fund, which is picked by investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live on osbiz.com. Let's check how the portfolio's been going. Uh, in the September meeting, 
uh, they added Universal, uh, sorry, Universal Store, NextDC, Lottery Corporation, uh, ResMed and Oz Minerals were all removed. Karoon was added, Boss Resources, uh, Solpats, Premier Investments and South 32 were added. And since the 1st of March, the uh, portfolio is down 1.45% on a cumulative basis. Um, keep sending in your requests, of course, to the call because that's a first filter up to the Investment Committee for stocks. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TM to your information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. In this half hour, we'll be taking a look at Temple and Webster, uh, Evolution Energy, uh, Viva, uh, Viva Leisure, Paladin Energy and Transurban. Josh, uh, uh, Gareth wants a view on Temple and Webster. Again, the mm. online retailer, but in that homewares area, a yep. darling of lockdown. Yeah, look, we spoke about the REITs and they got dealt with pretty harshly on uh, Friday. And, and what was interestingly on Friday, some of these retailers were dealt with pretty harshly for a one day movement. Um, Temple and Webster, for example, was off over 4%. Um, and even the blue chips like West Farmers was off, I think, four and a half uh, at one stage. So yeah, look, it's an interesting one. A lot of these retailers, uh, particularly those beneficiaries of lockdown, have been putting in their report their two year uh, KGAR or their two year average yep. growth. So I think that's really appropriate and that's kind of where you want to look at a, at a little bit more of a long term basis. So, you know, on a two year basis, their revenues are up 50 odd percent and earnings up 28. Um, but yeah, definitely the earnings squeeze is probably the biggest concern. This does score very poorly on our relative valuation model. So it's still got a P of 66 despite being down about 50% for the year. Mm. So that 50% movement might not <clears> be the end for it just to come back to some, some so sort of- So a retailer, a PE on 56. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I think- A lot yeah, of the other retailers are about 10 or 12, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you want that around this, you know, the market PE is getting very cheap, probably yeah. on the back of those uh, material stocks in particular. But um, yeah, I just think the the earnings are expected to decline next year yet again. So I think it's far too early to be buying into this one. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a hold at best. Okay. Nathan? Um, it's a market darling. Everyone was in this. Yep. And everyone was wrong mm. um, because everyone got suckered into the, the whole property cycle. When that turns, bye bye. Yeah. They're, they're well managed, but you're trying to pick the best house in a crappy street. Yeah. Don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, you've got plenty of options. Temple and Webster, I think it struggles. I think it struggles uh, with consumer spending, struggles with the property cycle, and continues to struggle. I don't see the reason why you need to be there. The multiple is, if you look at the last couple of years, that is never coming back, mm. right? You're not going to get that kind of stimulus with zero rates, with yeah. pandemic handouts. Yeah. That's not coming back. So look at the multiples where they were trading before that, and potentially that's where we're heading, if you're lucky. Yeah. That's the scary part. So you want to pick guys who are solid in retail. Boring, server shop and we're type And we're not, not going to be locked in our house, looking across the room, thinking, being bored, thinking, 
uh, might buy, buy a new lamp couch, online yeah. or a couch. And <laughs> it's not something that you buy every year. Right. So the last two years... You love your them. shaver shop. You've oh. just dropped that in again. Yeah, look, I, I think they're boring <laughs> as anything. And the beauty of that is they've been proven that even post-pandemic, they hold yeah. up. Yeah. And that's yeah, what... Yeah. So that's you look right. at the guys who've done well post-pandemic, yeah. not because of the pandemic. Yep. And they're the, the few retailers that are there. So you've got to be really selective. And this is not up there. And, the, and as you said perfectly, it's trading at a massive multiple because everyone's in it. Yeah, still. Yeah, they're still in <laughs> so, it. So they're still waiting for the turnaround. It uh, just reminds me of something like BWX. Uh, Every, nobody wanted to get out. And they wait and they wait and they yeah. wait. Yeah, don't do it. Okay. All right. Uh, now, we had Evolution Mining in the uh, first half of the program. Kylie wants a view made on Evolution Energy Minerals. Totally different. This is uh, a group with a graphite mine project in southern Tanzania. And, of course, when you talk graphite, you talk about EV batteries and all that sort of stuff. Um, what do you think of Evolution Energy? Yeah, it's, it's tiny. Mm. Um, and you're playing... At, if you look at the commodity spectrum the best performing commodities, or even in the last three months, the only positive performing commodities have been all linked to energy. Yep. Either the classic coal, um, LNG, um, and or um, then you're moving into EV commodities. So they've been the only commodities that have performed well. So graphite is one of those ones that has done really well. Yep. So in theory, you're not finding something new. The market has already ran on this for through the EV thematic. Um, and when it's that small in a market like this, you've got to be really careful. Um, so this is not the time to go playing in micro caps. So say, for example, today, the market's down 2%. Micro caps are down nearly 4%. Right. So this is not the market cycle you want to play in micro caps. You want to be in big guys who can hold their balance sheet through the tough times. So well, is that why micro caps get hammered? Because yes. usually their balance sheet isn't strong enough to yeah. get through a recession or exactly. whatever. So that, and then they have to, you know, most of these guys are either drilling holes or spending a lot of money yeah. and that'll take time and things always take longer than what they think. And then they may have to raise money. And if it's already been beaten up, then when they raise money, they dilute the crap out of you. Yeah. And so the guy who's coming in late will benefit, but the guy who's already there gets diluted out. Yeah. So that's why if you look at fund managers, all small cap fund managers say we're small cap, but in reality, they sit in micro caps when the markets are running. Right. When it starts to fall, they all sell out of micro caps and then they move into small caps because right. they go higher in size. Right. And that's what you should be doing as a retail investor. When yep. the risk goes up, go bigger in size. And this one, at, I think it's about 40 mil market cap. That's a high risk play. This yep. is not one for this current market. Okay. So yeah, I agree. A lot of the a lot of the thing uh, contributing factor to the volatility being a bit higher as well, particularly to the downside, is the lack of volume. I think when I left the office, this one had traded about thirty grand this morning. So, you know, it might be fine for an individual investor to get in and out of. Yeah. Um, but you hear it a lot on the show where advisors say, "Oh, it's low volume," so they wouldn't look at it, and it kind yeah. of just scraps that. It's because, like, if you're looking to put a million dollars into this, it's going to be very difficult. Um, but what's even more difficult is to get a million dollars out of this when it's when it's yeah. falling. So that's definitely the the risk that we'd look to manage with this one. Um, it did IPO about a year ago. You know, great IPO off the bat, 20 cents to 70 straight away. But you'll see a lot of the companies, this company and the next one we're going to talk about as well, they all listed about a year ago when, when things were really good, things were prosperous. Uh, it was a different market. So um, the other risk as well, they've got a lot of sovereign risk. Um, so they're located in Tanzania, just near Mozambique. 
It's actually a similar graphite company that just came out of a trading halt, much larger zero resources. Uh, that one's down about 17% today on the back of, you know, air quote, labor issues in Mozambique. Right. Right. So uh, a lot of sovereign risk, a lot of risks with this one. Wouldn't touch it, no. Okay, no. you don't touch uh, African mine in a global recession. That's mm. just mm. like, you're trying to set off a bomb and see if you can run faster. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just high risk. Everyone for themselves. Exactly. Like, all right, uh, you talk about our next stock. Josh, you can kick it off then. Rita uh, wants a view on Viva Leisure, the big uh, yep. chain of um, uh, gyms and health resorts. Mm. Yeah, look again, listed a year ago, valuations have come off quite significantly since then, along along with the market. Yeah. But I think it's it's interesting just to circle back to the first stock that we went over, the the Westfield, you know, they've got seven out of the ten. So they're a market leader. Um, this business is quite the opposite. They're not a market leader in the gym or health uh, yeah. club space. It's a very low ar- uh, barrier to entry business. You know, they can pop up. It's, it's almost impossible to be a market dominator in that sector. Mm. And, you know, I don't see too many synergies from one person owning 100 gyms as opposed to 100 people owning one gym. Yeah. You know, maybe a bit of marketing, but you still need to target local, uh, you know, users. So I just, I just can't see the benefit of the synergies um, and they're not a market leader. So. It's not investment then, great for me either. And, and also when sectors have a bit of a, not, not a scandal, but, you know, F45, mm. all that sort of stuff, ten, tends to cloud your view on a sector, doesn't mm. it? Well, at least F45 was a market leader and that's yeah, probably yeah. why it did so well and up until, you know, the stuff recently. Recently, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nathan? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It started. All right, that, it, that, I gather that's it, a no. When my it, it started, when, uh, it when Nathan shakes a, his head and goes, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah. It's, it started as a data <laughs> player. They were literally aggregating gyms because yep. they were getting uh, all the contact details and they were going to build up a database and so yep. forth. Yep. Um, a friend of mine actually got me to look at it early, and it had a run up, and everyone got excited. I'm standing there going, "What's the competitive advantage? What's the moat? Yep. Nothing. Zero. Um, I know F45 brands them as something and the Palatons, uh, yeah, the bike with the iPad, yeah. um, they brand themselves as well and they come up with yeah, all these they've unique been smashed markets. Peloton. Yeah, they? they should be. Yeah, well, so it's yeah. a bike with an iPad. I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, and, and, and you get, like the gyms now, like everywhere you go, there's a gym. Yeah, yeah. And everyone wants to create their own brand mm. and everyone's got this catchphrase, two-letter words for their gym. And they're out there, right? So yep. even in the suburbs, I, I walk down to the local shopping center, I've got three gyms now between my house. It's a 10 minute walk. Yep. And you go, who is going to all of these things? And they won't be around. And, but it's a cash model, mm. right? And yep. so in that context, this is something that you, I, I, I cannot work out how this survives. Yeah. It, it's, it's all, they're all going to get into trouble. Someone with a decent balance sheet with accumulate everything and shut down more than half of it and then accumulate the users. That's probably where right, the consolidation right, has to play out. Okay. So you lose your money here. Okay. All right. Uh, next stock, uh, we're going to get back onto uh, an energy play now. Amber wants to view Nathan on Paladin Energy, uh, Uranium. Um, so energy, that sounds good. Um, uh, operations in Australia, that sounds good. Uh, Namibia, mm. uh, Malawi. Mm. So, what yeah. do you think of Paladin? Uh, look, you've you got to start with the whole energy concept. Uh, we've spoken about that and what's happening in Europe with the war, uh, coal prices. They're trying to get stable um, su- uh, energy s- supply. 
yeah. and uranium is now becoming important. There's more than mm. a few countries have expanded or extended their use of nuclear energy. Yep. Whether you like it or not, I'm not here to argue over whether it's right or wrong. I don't care. We're here for investment. You're here to make money. Yeah. And so if uranium is in demand and the demand has increased than what it was six months ago, uranium is doing well. Right. right? And then you'll start to look at players. Not, look, there's not a lot of them produce. Everyone's, there's a lot of explorers. Uh, we actually like one of the explorers, Boss Energy. We right. got that in the fantasy portfolio. Yeah. It's well-funded, good management. It's playing in the right place. Paladin is a producer. It's doing well. It's benefiting from the current optimism. And I think it holds up well. Now, the question would be, how does the energy play? Right now, it doesn't matter what commodity you're coming off. So uranium's coming off and they're coming off as well. But they're still holding up quite well mm. compared to the market. I suspect uranium will continue to do well uh, because multiple countries uh, need solutions. It's one thing to say what I'm going to do in 10 years time, yeah. but you need to be able to tell your people now what yeah. you're going to do. And there, and is a, there is the theory that if you want to get to your climate targets and you need baseload energy, yeah. that and you've got coal, gas or uranium, is uranium going to get you to your climate targets a lot quicker? And, and, and you're right. And then if you do the numbers and then you say it's much easier for someone who already has a nuclear power supply to add extra yeah. because you already got that. So you've yeah. broken through that uh, political problem. Uh, and the other one is people who've got your nuclear reactors can extend it, fix it and keep it for longer. Yeah. So that kind of gets around it. So that's what we're seeing to start with. And I think over time, it could be that uh, wind and solar just delivers and then we can expand on that with battery technology. Could be. Yeah. At this point, we've seen uranium demand increase and more people mm -hmm. move towards it. So in that context, I think the sector holds. Paladin, you've had a run, now you're coming off. If it comes back to the recent support level around 180, I'd be accumulating more. Right. Um, I like uh, Boss Energy because it's at the earliest stage. It doesn't have the, all the baggages that Paladin comes with, all the problems it's had in the past. Um, so I think it's worthwhile. I like the sector. Um, it's a dynamic. I don't think energy is going to be a solution where one guy takes over the whole thing. No. I think you're going to have multiple solutions and uranium likely to be one of those. So right. in that context, you play the cycle and I think uh, Paladin does okay. Are you still bullish on coal, coal stocks? Oh, look, I've been saying for a number of months, you take off a bit at a time yeah. because at the end of the day, you've got a long-term problem, short-term bullish. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a reverse lottery. Something goes wrong, you're going to get smashed. Yeah. Right? So you just got to manage risk. I'm not getting overly excited about anything and I'm not getting bearish on anything. So in that, I think coal holds up for now. I don't know for how long. So the smart thing to do is, as it's running up, Take a bit off, take okay. a bit off, take a bit off. So in summary from you, it is buy on the weakness of the oil price now in good producers like Karoon and, and Woodside. Uh, accumulate into um, uranium, your preferred one is boss, and coal just stick with it until yeah, the time you, is up so and it runs This out. is a perfect time where if you've been in coal, I'd be taking a bit off the call gradually yep. over time and adding it to the underperformers like oil. Yeah. Now, if uranium comes back and Paladin gets back to about the 180, I'll take some off that and put right. it in there. So you can rotate within the energy sector, within the commodities. Okay. All right, Josh, let's start with Paladin first with you, yeah. and then we'll go through the cycle. No problem at all. So Paladin, it's really bucked the trend, these energy stocks, I think. Uh, 
you know, it's a really strong business. We've been involved in the story in the past. Um, that being said, it always makes sense to trim when it gets to an all-time high. So not too long ago, it was kind of in that 95 to 99 yep. cent range. I think that's a, an easy trim, easy sell to take advantage of that, getting yep. that movement Down right. Down to the 70s now. Yeah, right? more importantly. So yeah, it's kind of mid-range at the moment. So I think uh, it can move around a lot. It's down 9% today. Um, but I think that's just the theme that we're in at the moment. And I think there are a lot of international companies that play this uranium thing a little bit yep. uh, potentially better. And, you know, like Nathan said, there's, there's not going to be a clear winner. There's going to be everyone's, you know, largely going to be beneficial from this uranium play. So there is an ETF out there that covers the sector, URNM, uh, mm. um, which has Paladin, it has Boss, it has some international uh, uh, companies that are a little bit more later stage as well, a little bit more in the mm. production uh, revenues uh, coming through as well. So that should be good. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've done a similar thing with the energy plays, rotate through them pretty much ever since the Ukraine brought it right. up to our attention. Um, you know, oil has obviously been an easy one to play, but there's all the alternative energies, you know, uranium's been one of yeah. them. Even gas has obviously been uh, one on our radar, at least anyway. Um, but yeah, mainly mainly the uh, uranium and oil have been our So place. you do uranium through the ETF? Uh, previously, we've been involved in Paladin. Right. But now we're probably transitioning into the ETF, ETF. more so. Yep. Okay. And coal? Um, look, it's interesting about coal. It's been on a phenomenal run. We, yeah. you know, we got caught up in a, in a, in a nice trade, but you know, we definitely haven't hold it, held it the whole way through. Um, but I think it's one of those things. The momentum's still with it in the short term. Um, today, they're off very hard. Yeah. Uh, but that's again, on, I believe it's on the back of another Goldman Sachs report. You know, look at how that went with the lithium names. Um, <laughs> so take that as you will. I think it's just one day's movement. You know, typically, if it wasn't on the reason for that Goldman Sachs report, typically at the top of the range, you get that big down movement. That's somewhat your warning sign. Right. Um, so it could be that, or it could be just a, a temporary cool off. Uh, only right. the short term time will tell. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely, in, even if you're getting in cheaper, or if you're getting in now, you're still going to get like a 10% yield from some of these coal names. Yeah, yeah. So the earnings are there. The sun shining for these companies. Um, so you can definitely be involved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the Goldman Sachs report on coal? No, but look, through, yeah? when big brokers do a report, usually it's after the event, um, right. and they've got a big uh, portfolio coming, so right. they tend to prove themselves right. Right. Uh, so <laughs> you have to be careful there. I think where what I'm interested, what is interesting about the energy sector is because you have options within the energy sector. Yep. So what we've been looking at is buy the laggard. Right. So oil underperform, you buy oil. Right. So you rotate, you rotate. So you've got the same thematic work. But energy is the theme, a big theme for the future. As I said, you, if you're going to be living in the real world, yeah. you need food, you need energy, you need yeah. housing. And we're playing all three thematic. Okay. So you're still on the agricultural theme as well? Like a house on fire. Okay. Still with elders? Elders, New Farm, Institute right. Pivot. Okay. We like Elders as well, yeah. We're in, involved in that one. Uh, November report, so you know, you've got your fundamentals coming through very shortly, okay. uh, which is not a lot of companies. Catalysts are going at the moment, so, right. and they're, they're going to flag record profits, so we okay. like it as well. All right. And uh, final stock, uh, Peter, what's a view, Josh, on Transurban, the big uh, owner of toll roads here and, well, the biggest owner of toll roads in the world, isn't it? Yeah, here, no. With here and around the world. Always seen as a defensive stock, yeah. is it? I think uh, these sort of environments where 
the market just drags a lot of these stocks lower. I think it's a safe place to put your money. Um, it's not going to change its yield too much. Uh, it's got revenues linked to inflation. So every time you go over those tolls, it's, it's ticking up very slowly. Um, their cost of debt, they locked in about 30% of their debt at about a, a rate of 42 so, you know, recently, maybe this has changed just on the back of the recent rise, but their cost of debt was about 3.9. So it, they paid a bit of a premium, but that's locked in till 2029. So right. if interest rates keep going up, that's actually going to be a benefit to them um, whilst their revenues still keep coming up. So it's one of those stocks It's getting, you know, pretty much to that two year low. Um, similar thing to Centre Group. If you're happy to buy a good company that's not going to go anywhere anytime soon, you know, you're picking it up at a pretty cheap price with this market pullback. So accumulate on weakness for this okay. one. Nathan? Yeah, this is gets confused as a defensive. Mm. It's not. That's why I deliberately said it. Yeah. Everyone says it's a defensive it's stock not. because cars keep ticking through and you have your re-tag, so yeah. you don't really know how much you're paying. It just goes bing, no, you bing, do. Time. You do. Let me and tell to you. So the credit card comes yeah. at the end of yeah, the month. Yeah, at the end of the month, you get the email come through and you go, what the? Um, and so, yeah, I go... Don't get lost because every time I go across the bridge, I end up clicking twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so you learn these things. But the, the main moneymaker for them is the trucks. Right. It's the trucks and the trucks are moving stuff. Yeah. Now, it's, it's basically a, a lower beta on retail. Right. Because if retail is selling a lot of stuff, more trucks, more money for them. If yeah. not, it's less trucks, less money for them. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, living out west, uh, when times are tough, People avoid the toll. Mm. You get on Parramatta Road, you'll see how much traffic. The M4 is empty, but right. everyone's on Parramatta Road because right. they don't want to pay the extra couple of bucks. Funny how you actually burn more fuel because everyone's doing the same thing. But yeah. anyway, that's a, that being <laughs> buy, said. Buy oil. Exactly. Um, and yeah, but funnily enough, look, Transurban is a cyclical, not as cyclical as retail, but it's not as defensive as what you think. The other thing to remember about Transurban is it's a leverage beast. Mm. Mm. Yeah, sure, they got time to roll over, but this higher rates ain't coming back to zero yeah. without a recession. If it's a yeah. recession, you can transfer and get hit just like anything else. Yeah. If it's not, you've got higher rates, their costs are going to go up, their dividends will shrink. And, so, their, and their accounting just confuses me. Yeah, these and, sort, and that's, sorts of stocks. And you yeah, can I mean, pay dividends out of debt, which I yeah, can never. I can understand <laughs> the logic. I mean, the beauty of the model is they allow governments to take the risk in building these infrastructure assets at yeah. exorbitant prices that always blow up. Like we're talking two, 300 times yep. the cost originally. And then they sell it to Transurban at a massive discount because yep. they stuffed it up and nobody else will <laughs> buy it. And Transurban goes, oh sure, yeah. I'll pay a discount and then I'll lock in rises in toll for perpetuity. Yeah. And then I go, yeah, that's a good deal, sure. <laughs> and so it's actually a really good model for them. So it works well, but it's priced for that. So yeah. if you're looking for defensive, you want to have defensives that have the capacity to raise higher than what they're locked into. Yeah. Transurban is locked into a certain rise level over CPI. And you know, for when you look at things like, I mean, I look at someone like an Amcor, yeah. right? There's a global player, defensive player, pays a good yield, good management. They evolve with the market. Yep. They're going to be around. So yep. if I'm looking for defensives, I'm looking for someone like Amco, or I'm looking at beaten up, really high quality health services like Sonic or an Answer. They are economic defensives. Yep. I don't want to buy the classic defensives because everyone is there. And when it goes wrong, everyone will get out and you're the one getting okay. out. 
All right. So not on that. No. Just watching the ticker today is really interesting, isn't it? So you've got your coal stocks, as you were saying, Josh, mm. uh, both down 10%. 10 it's the a big, big movement. Um, uh, but data centres up today. Yeah, because it's, 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 it's a crowded trade. Yeah. There's no one left in those stocks because they've been smashed already. Like, yeah. like things like buy now, pay later are holding up better than, yeah, <laughs> than the rest. And you go, why? How because, weird is that? Because it's, it's the, the crowded trade when the market turns negative is a massive risk. Right. Yeah. And that's what you've got to be careful of. Okay. All right, let's recap the final five stocks. Templar Webster uh, hold at best from Josh, uh, definite no from Nathan. Uh, Evolution Energy, a no from both Viva uh, Leisure is a no from Josh and an oh God from, uh, oh Jesus from uh, Matham, which is, you know, more than a sell. <laughs> Don't even think about it. Uh, Paladin, if it gets down to a dollar eighty, makes a be interested. He prefers Boss in the uranium sector. Um, uh, Josh's uh, more looking at the ETF at the moment, URNM. Uh, which has them all in it as the play. Uh, Transurban and Accumulate from Josh, uh, a note from Nathan. If you want a uh, defensive stocks, uh, take a look at an Amcor. Uh, gents, thank you for joining us today. Good to see you, Nathan okay, and thank Josh. You. Thanks, really appreciate your time. Uh, here on uh, um, coming up on the small caps next, uh, Ron Chemgar joins us from Tamam. Um, with a look at three stocks that have made significant announcements over the last week or so, which have seen gone under the radar on the market. So uh, stand by for the small caps. I'll see you shortly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.